Hello, and welcome to Presenting, a podcast where we chat about various topics related to role-playing games, typically Paizo products such as Pathfinder and Starfinder, but also others. I'm John Godek, and with me today is Christopher Rondo. Welcome to the podcast. Yeah, it's great to be here. Looking forward to it. Yeah. So uh, Christopher is a professor that primarily teaches writing and rhetoric, whose research includes interactive storytelling and how storytelling gives windows of opportunity for new voices. Prior to this, Christopher was a full-time game master, which led to several writing products. These include the recently announced Pathfinder Lost Omens Tiance World Guide and Pathfinder Lost Omens Tiance Character Guide, as well as a comic book and tabletop commentary on the Major Spoilers Entertainment website. On top of teaching and writing, Christopher's company, Scald's Tale Entertainment, has been producing actual play games for years, with some of them, uh, some new ones due out here in the upcoming months. Hopefully you'll have a chance to talk about those. Mm -hmm. uh, you can reach Christopher at Scald's Tale on Instagram and on Twitter. So uh, Christopher, uh, can you talk a little bit about your podcasting and writing and kind of how you got started working in this space in the first place? That is a complicated question because I think I sort of fell into that. Um, when I was in college, we, uh, my group of friends and I had an interest in playing tabletop games. And we played through some 3.5 D&D. We played through some Pathfinder 1E. And ultimately, one of my friends graduated and he had a little bit of struggle in the job market. And he came up to me and said, hey, Chris, we play games all the time, right? What if we recorded one? And then we had the podcast called Low Rollers. It only lasted about mm -hmm. 13 episodes. Uh, we didn't even get past our first story arc. But it opened up my eyes to kind of this new world of storytelling. I was a music major, so I was always interested in unconventional takes on storytelling, be it through music or other sort of means. I developed interest in film and television and that sort of thing. But this, this was new to me. And I remember being invigorated by it. I was inspired to tell my own stories. No longer was D&D about that dungeon, dungeon, um, dungeon crawl experience. We were expanding characters and telling stories in a way that I hadn't experienced. I think with 3.5 and 4E kind of being my starting points, there was more of a focal dynamic on combat and tactical combat within our table. So I was always looking for optimized gameplay. But you know, when fifth we recorded in the fifth edition playtest at that time, we realized mm -hmm. that there was more opportunity to do new things. And from there, we ended up recording things of the hero system. Uh, we recorded some fate stuff and mm -hmm. expanded our interest outside of Dungeons and Dragons. And I that must have been my first start, you know, being at a table, um, you know, having a a microphone in front of it and spending that hour per episode fully focusing on those things. I fell in love with that idea, that concept, this, this new interactive entertainment that's much different than any sort of MMO or video game that I could play. Mm -hmm. And this was like in 2017. Is that when you started uh, low rollers? Uh, low rollers must've been, it must've been a little earlier than that, like 2016. Oh, okay. Wow. That's kind of well ahead of the kind of the whole actual play curve, you know. So now there's lots of folks doing shows. You know, we're, we've been doing a show for three years. But um, in 2016, 17, that must have been relatively novel. Did you have any uh, models that you were kind of using as a, as a prototype for what you're doing? Or were you kind of just making up as you went along? There, there is a podcast called Critical Hits. 
Uh, it precursed uh, a lot of modern shows that you would normally experience. And they were playing Dungeons & Dragons 4th Edition. And the Game Master, his name is Rodrigo Lopez, he, his mind was fascinating because he would take these ideas that I would never think about putting at a tabletop game, things about the multiverse or complicated themes and complicated storylines. And he was presenting them in 4th Edition D&D. So after I started this first project, I did some research, and that was one of the podcasts that that showed up that caught my attention. Uh, they moved away from 4th edition. They did a level 1 to level 29 campaign. It lasted like 10 wow. years or something like that. Yeah. Um, now they're doing um, some other games right now. But just kind of like looking at that, I was able to take his style and kind of develop my own personal opinion about that. So it's been it's been an experience. Mm-hmm. And and so you've been producing these uh, tabletop RPG actual plays now for coming on six years. Mm-hmm. Can you talk about some of your experience in in building these podcasts and actual plays? What you use to decide for the material that you want to actually present? Uh, some of your process for collecting a team together for that, um, that sort of thing. You know, just kind of the the content wise. And then afterwards, actually, I want to talk to you more about the technical side. Yeah. My process has changed very much over the last however long it's been at this point. Uh, When I first started, I really wanted to play games. And the only experience I had with that was playing with my friends. Um, And unfortunately, uh, playing with your friends is not always the best the best way to begin a career, start a business, because we have different motivations. And we didn't have that talk very early on in our in our process about what is our goals for the podcast and how do we achieve it. Um, in 2016, I actually got into a pretty bad car accident. Uh, mm-hmm. I ended up stopping my music career uh, because of it. I didn't want to rebuild after my car accident. I was kind of kind of over it. And I started to look at tabletop gaming a little more seriously. Um, and so as I thought about that i really wanted to create this this product with my peers and my friends and i was like hey we have some really good moments can we hyper focus those moments into an hour long episode or you know a 2 hour long session and really find our our pacing um and that was, those were my first experience we ended up doing something called low rollers live which ended up taking uh a podcast to a stream we had a a rendition mm-hmm. of something called wyvern's aria which mm-hmm. uh the very first iteration of wyvern's aria which never got released um but it was my friends and my dad played as well um but <laughs> when when i'm listening back on those recordings there's always like someone eating on the mic or someone like shaking yeah. their leg or or something like that and it, it wasn't a very successful process as i moved past that um it's now a different world right now um we we live in a place where people are very invested in moments and being able to create moments within your storytelling so as i began to begin to look for crew and um cast members and, and think of these ideas is what can create moments that i am able to push out for a public audience so you know, every every time I sit down to prepare a session for a for a produced product, it's always who's going to get this moment? What are they going to do? And do, is this person have the ability to react to it in a certain way? Who who am I um, 
who am I messing with, for lack of a better way to phrase it, right now to try to create this story beat? Um, I encourage all my players to think of abstract and concrete goals. This is part of what I teach for writing, uh, creative writing. Um, mm -hmm. Does your character have an abstract goal and a concrete goal? Maybe for your cleric, they really want to become, you know, pope or bishop or high priest or whatever the title is. But, you know, maybe abstractly, they're really just looking for some self-recognition, right? Um, mm -hmm. So every episode that I produce creates an obstacle for at least one character that they must overcome. And hopefully by overcoming that obstacle and getting closer to their abstract and concrete goals, they are able to have particular moments. Uh, I think Brandon Sanderson teaches this. I, I could be mixing up my authors, but he teaches um, you have your plot, um, you have your setting, and you have your characters. In writing, it's very easy for the author to control all those elements. But I, I pick a cast who I think can write a good character arc, have good goals. I create a plot around it, and hopefully the setting uh, is interesting as well. And I hold it all together with a conflict. And through the overcoming of personal objectives and conflict, you should have a good product. Um, as far as casting, I haven't found a great method to cast. Uh, we have done auditions. We have done uh, personal interest. Uh, we live in a place I pay uh, my players. So we live in a place where I can put out a paid thing and get hundreds of applicants. And I just have to kind of bite the bullets. And I met some really good people through that process. But um, people want to play in an actual play. They want that experience. So if you put oh, yeah. yourself out yeah. there, you'll get plenty of feedback. Mm-hmm. No, I hear you. I, I, I've been running an actual play, but it's actually what you say you shouldn't do. It's a, it's a group of friends that we've been mm -hmm. playing for a long time. And I just say, hey, let's just record this. And we do. And we have a lot of those moments, but we also have a lot of dead time. But our purpose for this is just to kind of show how an actual group, even with some really experienced members and game developers and stuff in it, kind of goes through and handles it. And we just we like to play. So we just record when we play and that's yeah. that's about it. Absolutely. And that is acceptable as long as you kind of stand, set your goals up early on. Like yeah. my since I was trying to change careers, I really wanted right. to push out a product I could get a sponsorship for. My friends right. just wanted to push out a product, much like you said, to have some yeah. fun, play, put it out there. And, you know, it's always important when you get into these projects to set your expectations. I mm -hmm, believe mm -hmm. you can play with your friends. And I believe there are many great tables that do so. It's like some of the highest playing tables are family and friends uh, within the space. But it just it didn't work mm -hmm. out for what I wanted in that particular moment. No, no, for sure. Sure. Can you talk a little bit about the, the technical side? You know, some of the equipment you use, the setup you have, your editing software, your process for recording, editing, posting things like that, where you host. So I had the luxury of being a music major. I did my undergraduate right. in classical music performance. So I had a lot of tech set aside for music recording. And I had a lot of friends who were into music recording. You don't need that equipment <laughs> to be able to do so. Right, right. Um, for people who are just starting out, and it's what I'm currently using, I'm using a Rode USB podcaster mic. It's a little mm -hmm. bit expensive, but it's not as expensive as getting your own like audio interface. And I think if you're doing mm -hmm. at-home recordings, that is a great option. Get a Rode Posture mic. Uh, if you want to go a little cheaper, you can get a, a Blue Yeti. Uh, they have some great mics. Uh, 
the Elgato streaming mic is is a good option. That's actually as well. really pretty good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and and specifically, we're talking about for voice, right? Uh, if you want to get right. into like music recording, I I would have different recommendations. Um, right, right, right. We we tend to record uh, two weeks on, one week off is kind of mm-hmm. our go to give make sure we get dead space, uh, give us a break, um, really, and we try to get two hours of recording in every session. Uh, we mm-hmm. record using if it's a stream and it has a lot of video elements so uh, we are experimenting with streaming our recording sessions and then editing it down later uh, we do all mm-hmm. heavy editing processes um, and we use something like uh, Streamyards uh, for that because okay. they allow you to create scenes for that everyone can upload their video um, their video locally and that uploads to the highest quality possible so while on Streamyards, it's it's lower quality but you know that's kind of what you get for um for that and then if they want the higher quality version they can check out the edited edited stuff uh, i've used riverside i've used zencaster in the past um i am against like discord recording uh there's like oh. a there's a bot that allows craig, you to record yeah yeah craig craig it's he okay. dropped off too much <laughs> <laughs> it it's okay it's yeah. not it's not the worst yeah. um i, I would yeah. not advise that i would advise someone to spend the 10 bucks a month or 15 bucks a month to find a product that uh records locally and uh, that right. would that i would encourage that um i know people use zoom it's not my favorite but there there are people who found a lot of success doing that as well right. uh Beyond that, it's like, oh, let's go to Fiverr and get some layouts done. Let's go to Fiverr, get a get a logo set. Uh, make sure you have the commercial license for it, whatever whatever that may mean right. for for you, so you can can post it everywhere. Um, and making sure you're set up there. Beyond that, we um, sit down for thirty minutes before the recording session. We talk. We you know kind of get the the small talk out of the way, and then sit down. Go into announcements, record the first episode, take maybe like a 15 minute break to record the second episode and we're out. Uh, we have a detox, as I call it, where we talk about what worked and what didn't afterwards. But mm-hmm. uh, that the actual recording session is pretty straightforward, I think. And how long does that whole process take? So a night that you're recording, is that three hours, three and a half hours? We're looking... It depends how uh, how long it's been since we last met. If there's more small yeah. talk, uh, it can go up to three and a half to four hours. Uh, right. But generally, the right. goal is about three hours, three hours, 15 or so. Um, mm-hmm. But we I don't schedule anything after after a recording session. I try to have time to like talk and detox and and whatnot. So some recording sessions especially for like really motivated can go up to like five hours and we can even crank out a third episode right yeah it sounds like a very similar timing for for what we do as well we we meet every other week we record two episodes when we do uh, our initial goal had been to record three and we realized we could not do that on a regular basis uh the interesting thing you you mentioned um about uh, using a, a dedicated um, interface. We first started our podcast, we recorded uh, live in person. So I had a Zoom 24 interface um, and everyone had individual mics in it and, and stuff like that. And quite frankly, when we had to go online with uh, the pandemic, 
that actually made it a lot easier for me. The The sound quality is much more consistent. I don't have a lot. I've fewer background noise, you know, nobody bumping the table and all that kind of stuff. Cause I can, I can uh, adjust my uh, noise gate to eliminate a lot of that kind of stuff. Um, I am curious. Uh, so it sounds like you do everything uh, online. Are your recordings online then? Mm-hmm. We, okay. we tried in-person recordings once upon a time, but much like your, yeah. uh, your comments, we, we had similar issues. So we just decided remote local recording. Yeah. Um, what do you use to edit your audio? My audio, I go into a program called Reaper. Um, and that, primarily... That's, that's what I use as well. <laughs> primarily, uh, I was looking through them. And, and for for me, a lot of these sound things are just names. I know what's popular. I know what's not popular. Right. But Reaper was the one that I only had to pay for once. And right. so yeah. uh, I made that decision. I did not want to pay for um, the Adobe stuff monthly. And right. so I been using reaper for since 2018 maybe 2019 yeah yep, um, haven't having any problems yeah i uh i only run into issues with reaper once in a while when they um have a new a new version out there and it turns off something that happened to me and i couldn't figure out what it was doing right. so i had to revert back uh until i could figure it out because it's like i got to rec- i got an interview coming up mm-hmm. i updated my reaper and now i can't do anything <laughs> so it's and and I still don't understand what was going on uh, back yeah. then. Uh, you were the first person that I've encountered that uses Reaper. Oh uh, yeah, I will say that if we do video stuff, I do use DaVinci Resolve if we have okay. video content that we are producing. Uh, again, yeah. it's free, and if I wanted to, it's a one-time payment for the pro version. But I'm not a filmmaker, so the free version right. has done wonders for um for me and. It's, in my opinion, easier to use than other programs. So, uh, is it pretty easy? I've been using Adobe uh, Elements, and that seems pretty simple. Um, um, and I've heard a lot about Resolve, though. It was more intuitive for me, so I can't really, really? say how yeah. easy other programs are with their shortcuts and their hotkeys. But for mm-hmm. me, it was just you know I need a trim. This is it's that button and and, and whatnot. Right. But I guess any yeah, program's no. easy if you learn the hotkeys. Well, I was using Adobe Premiere because my university had, you know, gave me a license to it, and it was so clunky. And then uh, somebody on our network, uh, Lauren, said, oh, just use the Adobe Elements version of it. And the same with Adobe Elements, Photoshop, and all. And they're way simpler, and there's a one-time payment to, for them oh, as well. Yeah, I'll check it out. So, yeah. So, anyway, seems pretty – I'm curious, just – I don't talk to many people that do the same thing. So oh, yeah, yeah. No worries. Yeah, I'm trying to say, oh, okay, what works, what doesn't work, things like that. All right. So one of the things that I, I found really interesting about your bio is that um, you were, I don't know if you still are, a full-time game master. Um, I'm guessing a paid game master for, for games and stuff. Mm-hmm. Can you talk some more about your experience with that? Yeah. Uh, we're going through my, my recent biography, I guess. Uh, yes. In- 2017 in late 2017 um i got married and we had we had a kid and um i was in the middle of changing careers from a music major to to something else i ended up going back to school to get my master's in english and uh, i was working as a temp worker um you know i was going to 
uh, Angel Stadium and I was, you know, cooking or I reluctantly call it cooking, but it, you know, flipping hot dogs. And I was at Long Beach Convention Center in, in Los Angeles uh, doing catering jobs. And there was one day I was at the uh, the Honda Center, which is their um, hockey stadium. And to get to this job, I had to um, park my car. I had to take a bus to the stadium. I had to check in. I had to go through all this process. And I may have arrived at my parking spot um, at like, let's say four o'clock, but I wouldn't get to start working until five. So I was burning an hour of time just trying to get to the stadium based on where their employee parking was. And then I was working minimum wage and I was bartending. Um, and I was watching a, a beer get sold for 13 bucks and I was making, you know, 1050. And yeah. uh, I made a decision that I, I couldn't do that. I was not, I, I cannot sell a drink that I was making hundreds of in an hour for, for minimum wage. I got tips, but that's beyond the point. So uh, I went on to roll 20 and I put out a game. It was um, November of 2017. And I was... I sat there and, you know, 10 bucks, three hour session. Let me tell you some of my ideas. And I got four people. I think I had five that reduced to four. And I was making, you know, uh, $160 a month running this game. And uh, January came and I was like, what if I put out games on places I wasn't getting work, right? Weekends are very busy. Weekdays were not. Uh, I had a second game. I had a third game. I had a fourth game. And I talked to my my wife and he was like, I'm making more money doing this uh, hourly. If I put out eight games, I can be making, you know, one and a half times I'm making now uh, and potentially working less hours. And my wife said, cool. So uh, in like summer of 2018, I was running eight to 12 games a week uh, full time as my day job. Uh, sitting there, I was, um, everything was homebrew. Uh, so I was able to charge more for the homebrew experience. A lot of people were running things like Adventure Pass or Dragon Heist or those sort of things. Um, my niche was I, I wrote everything from scratch, so I didn't have to read anything was really my goal. Um, mm -hmm. And so between that, uh, I was able to, you know, from 2018 to 2022, I did that full time. Uh, maybe 2021. I was I faded off maybe at the end of 2021 um, as I finished my degree, but it paid through my master's education. It paid through our you know meager living conditions in Los Angeles before we moved elsewhere, and um, we uh, we we made it work. And I think I, I don't know this for sure, but I think there was only three people running it full time when I started running it full time. So we kind of hit that sweet spot of being able to to get to that point and so basically you just posted up games with open slots on roll 20 uh and people just signed up yeah. you didn't have to do additional advertising no i mean we did add additional advertising later um when we realized that i could probably be charging more if i hit hit a better better audience um mm -hmm. there was a switch where i was like what if i just charged more and ran less games and you know save some energy and when we got to that point we looked at marketing techniques that was like in 2019 2020 but really at the start i just put up an ad and when there's only three other people putting up ads you know you you shine um you shine comparatively wow 
Oh, that's that's really cool. Uh, can you talk about uh, your writing for Major Spoilers Entertainment? First of all, that's a very cool name uh, <laughs> for a site. And I looked at uh, uh, some uh, some of the comics uh, that you're. Uh, I don't know if you wrote those or um, it has your name on them, so I'm not quite sure how that works. So can you talk about your your gig there? And was that paid as well too? Yeah, Major Spoilers is a paid gig. I, I talked about Critical Hit earlier earlier this yeah. uh, this interview and. Major Spoilers Entertainment runs Critical Hit. Uh, that is their podcast. But they primarily run Major Spoilers, which is a pop culture news website and podcast. They release episodes every week. They've been doing it for like 15, 16 years or something like that. They just hit like a thousand episodes last last year or something like that. Wow. Uh, they, they've been going for a very very long time and they had an open call and uh due to my interest in um in podcasting and tabletop gaming and them being one of the first people i listened to i i knew when they had an open call for writers i had to submit something um it took like six months for my submission to get hired but uh, i was able to um get hired to write comic book reviews and commentary. I wrote oh, mostly okay. comic comic book reviews right now uh, where I, um, you know, I guess I'm like the academic on, on, on the, uh, in that particular uh, company as I approach things a little differently than, than a lot of other people. But I found that uh, there are some interesting conversations that go on through the comic book stuff. Uh, in 2020, uh, the comic book industry shut down. Um, and my boss is looking for what can you do to, you know, so I can still pay you, basically. Uh, and so I started writing tabletop commentary and I was able to get a feature section for a couple years um, that I still I still do every once in a while where I'm able to be like, this is D&D news. This is Pathfinder news and uh, give ha approaches on how I run games. And we talk about like. How do you apply the literature three-act structure to your games? How do you apply uh, the snowflake method of, of writing books to your games? And what can you develop from that? How do you approach writing a character? Uh, or how do I approach writing a character for a game? And, you know, giving some advice there. Um, I, that's That was a very big time investment. So I stopped doing that as frequently. Um, just kind of like the cost versus the time versus the pay. Uh isn't as convenient as I would like it to be, but it is, it is a paid gig that I, I've been doing. Can you talk roughly what, what those things, how much um, they pay for commentaries or for the reviews and things? Um, yeah. So for a, uh, like a 500, uh, I have to be cautious. Um, you can say more general terms. You don't have to say precisely what your salary I, was or things so, like that. Uh, I, I write about five comic books reviews a week. Um, some of the perks that I get is that I get free comic books. I have every single comic book pretty much written uh, since like 2019 when I was hired. Uh, there's a big drive. I have all those PDFs. You know, how many people can say they've read all the X-Men books from the last five for four or five years. Yeah. Uh, the pay is what they can afford to pay. Uh, I get paid $10 an article uh, for something that takes me about 30 minutes to write, mm -hmm. um, minus the reading. Uh, so, uh, and then anytime I get a feature or something like that, I get paid $25 for an article, which takes me about an hour to write. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So yeah. it's, no, it's, that's, 
it's okay pay. Yeah. No, no. I, again, I was just kind of curious if it was by the word or kind of a set set kind of thing like that. The getting all the comics free though. I like that. That that's, that's worth seeking it out. I'm, I'm an old school, uh, comic collector from back in the day. Um, and, uh, I would very much be interested in being paid to, to read and review comics now. So, yeah. Oh, interesting. So, uh, Christopher, what advice do you have for people interested in getting started in getting started in podcasting, um, doing actual plays or whatever, and getting involved in freelance writing? Getting involved in podcasting and actual plays really, I would really encourage people to sit down and make a list of what they're trying to achieve. I think there was a period of time when Critical Role and The Adventure Zone and Sneak Attack and God's Fall and all, all those kind of big names, uh, Dimension 20, came out and they were like, I want to be that. I want to have that budget and that. And in many ways, I have that goal, too. Right. Uh, I would love to be able to produce something that large to that large of an audience. Uh, but. When you start figuring out your goals, you have to be like, how much money can I put into this now? How much of a time commitment I can put into that? And what do I have to do to grow? Um, now, this is to say, if you're looking for a podcast to to um, to sell, really, to look for sponsorships, to sell advertisement spots, that's kind of what you have to think about. Uh, maybe you want to say, I want to be able to make you know my current wage in podcasting. How do you achieve that steps? And how can you do that while still maintaining a good work-life balance? Uh, when I get into recording, it's a night that I can't necessarily you know tuck my kids into bed or I can't watch a movie or something to that extent. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think art has to have that kind of uh, balance to it to be able to hang out with the people you love. Um, but set goals. That is primary, primary thing. I have $500 that I've saved up for the last couple months to put towards this. How can I invest the $500 properly? Let's make sure everyone has uh, decent microphones. Let's make sure I have a, a license uh, recording um, program license, or if you bought, uh, bought a program to edit with, uh, let's make sure that I have looked up YouTube videos on how to use these programs. Um, Let's see uh, what are our goals. We want to be the funny podcast or we want to be the bros drinking around the table podcast or we want to be the super serious, you know, audio drama podcast. Um, uh, look, at, I want mine to have uh, I want my podcast to have sound effects. Do you know where to go get your sound effects? How mm -hmm. much do those sound effects cost? Uh, are they are they royalty free or are they not royalty free? Um, you know. What what am I doing for music? Am I including music or am I just using my voice? And if I am just using my voice, how do you deal with dead space? Um, and and figuring all those things out. If you set a goal, set a budget, that is the first first step, in my opinion, to to set realistic expectations of what it can be. Uh, then you set goals on what it it what a year looks like and then what two years look like. Do you manage? Do you think you'll tell the same story in a year, or are you going to have to to switch it up? Um, and then once you set those goals, make sure that the players at the tables understand what your goals are and will work with you to get to that point. Cause it, it really sucks when you're like, I really want to be the next, you know, adventure zone podcast. I want to have this like humor stick. And then the other guy's like, oh, I'm just here to eat potato chips and have a good time. And, <laughs> you know, let me, uh, look at my phone on mic on camera and be unable to get to that point. 
um, and be yourself, right? Uh, tell the stories that you want to tell. Do not try to try to mimic um, what you perceive other game masters are doing in an attempt to try to replicate their success. Um, I come from an interesting place where I have a lot of stories naturally in my brain. Uh, I am a writer. I have been able to pitch to certain uh, certain shows. I've been able to contribute in certain ways. And you know, anytime I'm not um, I'm not producing something, I'm probably thinking about it. Uh, so mm -hmm. make sure that you like that's that story you have in the back of your head that you really want to tell. I would recommend you work on that instead of trying to to do something that's already been done. Uh, I think the Pathfinder space uh, is interesting in, in that way because a lot of people run adventure paths. And um, it's interesting to me to see how those tables are trying to create unique content with their own fresh ideas um, to be able to implement to that product to, to sell. Um, now, if you're here to podcast just to have fun and just to have a recording of something on the internet, that that's a different conversation. Just you know, just have fun. Put your little phone mic on the on the table, and and if that is what your goals are. What about freelance writing or getting writing gigs like you did for Major Spoilers Entertainment? Um, freelance writing is a hard industry to break into, and I don't even know if I feel comfortable saying that I have made that leap yet because I don't do it full-time and I don't intend to do it full-time. The best thing to do is to create a portfolio and make sure that you have writing samples within a portfolio to be able to send to people. I have sent pitches to Polygon, IGN, uh, Dicebreakers, and if I didn't have... Um, I didn't have a portfolio in my back pocket saying, these are the things I've written. These are the things that I have copywritten for. These are the trailers I produced. This is my, it's the same thing as having like a voice reel or a, a demo reel mm -hmm. for, for actors. Uh, and you can start looking at that. Look for places with open submissions, send your portfolio. And if they view that your portfolio is a good fit for what they're writing, they will be able to do that. Um, my entrance into Paizo, I think, was a, a little different. Uh, I have also submitted every open call option that Paizo has had to be able mm. to do so. And uh, and then three years later, I got an email for um, the stuff that I'm currently writing for. Um, mm -hmm. So uh, a lot of times it's also being patient and, and waiting. Um, if you want more accessible goals, uh, May go look at writing job boards, uh, make a blog. So you have something that that's technically published uh, to be able to, to do so like that. Um, and perhaps my, uh, my better advice for, uh, for all of this is that as much as you output, you also need to intake. Uh, if you are a writer and you're trying to write a book, the best thing that you can do is you can read. Um, if you're an actual play podcaster and you want to you know, try to become better and better at this art form. The best thing you can do is to listen and to to play both as a player and a GM on a non non uh, recorded session, and uh, really take time, listen to your own stuff, review your own writing. Um, I uh, my my university has tasked me with writing a paper about the latest uh, TikTok stuff. Uh, you know, like oh, you're the digital media guy. You're you're into <laughs> this interactive entertainment. You know, we really, there was this congregational hearing, write a paper on it. And, you know, it's 
real, it was really easy for me to be honest, because TikTok doesn't have a lot of research to it. So I didn't have to do, you know, I only had like 30 sort, which is sounds like a lot to a lot of people. It was only like 30 sources and, and 5,000 words, and I was able to write it. But the process of editing and reviewing my writing technique took me six times as long as simply uh, writing the paper. And I find that to be true for anything. If you're going to produce an hour long podcast of just uh, GMing, and you are going to take a couple hours to edit it, depending on how extensive your editings are, you should really expect to do twice the amount of that in listening and researching and understanding that. Um, so, you know, it's okay if you find that you want to play the latest video game and try to really understand the story because you are intaking uh, in that sense. It's, I always think of it like a battery. Uh, you need to intake media to understand battery. You need to watch that TV show. You need to play that game to be able to understand, you know, one, modern storytelling tropes, and two, so you don't burn out. Mm-hmm. No, I, I I like that. That's that's great. I always um always considered, you know, when I was getting my PhD, and uh, my PhD is in interactive decision-making, and, and I always considered, uh, you know, getting involved in online discussions and playing video games and stuff is is research, or at least that's how I justified it through uh, my grad program. Anyway, um, <laughs> what's next for Christopher? What are some cool things that uh, you're working on now that you can actually talk about? Yeah, so uh, there are two elements to my career. I am a professor, and I'm a professor first. Uh, I, I teach here. Uh, my next major goal is to get a doctorate. Um, I find that if I want tenure and I really want tenure, I I should probably go get a doctorate where I further study. um, I'm studying interactive entertainment and its ability to give voices to uh, different people who traditionally don't have their voices heard. Um, I'm very interested in studying that. So to be honest, a lot of my goal is to update my portfolio and make sure that I have everything set for that. But maybe uh, that's not what's interesting to, to many people. Uh, I am producing two podcasts right now, uh, one where I am GMing. Uh, it is a new show called Skyfire. I think a trailer just dropped. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. I should yeah. talk to my marketing. I have a marketing guy on hire who posts stuff for me. Um, but the trailer sh- should have just dropped. And um it is a story about sky pirates and uh you know we want to have like firefly vibes and and going forward and you know people who are down their luck doing good things overall and uh, fighting um uh what they view as wrong and and having that and that's interesting because um you know i'm i'm chinese uh, Chinese and Caucasian. So having that intermingle of ideas has been a joy to to handle. Uh, I also am producing another podcast where I'm a player. Uh, they are playing Gatewalkers, the latest AP. Um, right. uh, I opted to uh, put that under my brand because it's new and I wanted to give it a chance to see what we could do with uh, published Paizo stuff. Um so that actually releases this week on Wednesday. Nice, nice. Um, so that's a podcasting and, uh, podcasting get on RSS feed. Okay, and so they can find them through your website. You can, you can, you can find Scott them through my, entertainment. You can find them through my Twitter and Instagram right now. My uh, okay, my website's going through a rebranding as we get more art assets for them. Okay, um, 
and also, I presume on wherever you get podcasts, you can just mm. do a quick search on it as well, right? Correct. Yeah. 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 Excellent. We, we want to do streams this summer, so we have like a series of one shots being going out, but we're not ready to announce anything like yeah. that. Um, you know, I, I'm very fortunate to be a teacher. Uh, I, I guess I'm unemployed technically, but I have a lot of time and freedom over summer. So we're yep. going through yep. a an attempt to try new things. So uh, hopefully within the next month or so, you'll hear announcements for streams going out for different systems and uh, hope, which will hopefully lead to a video web series coming out sometime in the fall or spring. Nice, nice. Well, this is exciting news. I look forward to, to seeing more of that. Uh, it's interesting how many similarities we have in terms of scheduling and interest and stuff. Uh, I have two more weeks of school and then I have a big block off and I'm actually looking to start uh, some new projects then as well. So that's great. Well, yeah. Christopher, um, it's been great getting a chance to get to know you and, and chat with you. And mm -hmm. thanks so much for joining us on the podcast today. It's been great. I appreciate you inviting me.